Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Buy a Business Near Me, brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, helping business brokers sell more local businesses. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Buy a Business Near Me. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Murphy Business Sales, Mr. Josh Grody Walters. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Stone. I'm doing real well. Thank you for having me. Well, we are delighted to have you on the program, man, and I got a ton of questions. I know we won't get to them all, but I think a great place to start is probably if you could share with me and our listeners mission, purpose. What what are you really out there trying to do for folks? Sure. Well, as a business broker, uh, we're in the job of connecting people. Um, one, uh, One example that I was given was we're almost like a minister. And uh, we help make marriages happen. Uh, sometimes we help make make divorces happen. Um, but at the end of the day, trying to connect uh, businesses for sale with the right buyers. So what is the backstory? How did you get involved in this line of work? So I've been doing business brokerage for uh, nearly eight years. I started uh, when I moved back home to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um and it was kind of the family business. My dad had been doing it for, oh, I think most of a decade prior to me moving moving back home. And uh, just the chance to work with him and learn from him um, and do something that I've always been passionate about, working with small business owners um, and and using my experience uh, to, to help folks uh, move on to the next chapter of their lives. So something that I've begun to learn a little bit more about as I've been hosting this series is this uh, this topic of valuation? Can you speak to that a little bit? Why it's so important? Maybe some some tips or some things to be thinking about as as a business getting ready to sell is is, is approaching that part of the process. Absolutely, that's always how we start our process. And sometimes we have people come to us years in advance um, and and ask us, you know, what is the value of my business now? What are some things I can do to grow that value? So that in three or four years, when I'm ready to actually move on, uh, I can make sure that I've done everything I can to extract extract the maximum amount of value from the work that I've put in. Mm-hmm. And so we look at a number of factors when valuing a business. And it isn't always the same. It certainly depends on the industry. Um, but generally speaking, you know, we like to uh, look at the last few years of tax returns or income statements. Uh, we like to pair that with uh, and a balance sheet looking at what assets they have and how they're utilizing those assets. Um, and, and then we look at the market. We look at other businesses that are, that have sold other businesses in the same uh, industry in the same arena and how they have priced and how they've sold. Um, certainly one thing that was difficult for me when I first, first started in this business was, um, a, as a, a people pleaser, um, I, I often uh, took listings and priced them where the owner wanted them to be, um, which isn't always the right place. <laughs> and, uh, in the last, you know, eight years, I've, I've come to the conclusion that, uh, the, 
the difficult conversation ahead of time with a, a particularly a seller, like explaining how we value a business and why it's valued that way, um, often outweighs the the heartache and a headache uh, of listing a business that's that's overpriced. So we just try to list uh, list businesses fairly, and and then we I have the, the same conversation with a buyer and, and explain to them why the business is worth what it is, and and what that means to them as a buyer. So you bring up a good point about uh, timeline, I guess we'll call it, because, well, for me, me and my business partner, we run the Business Radio X network. We, we're we not looking at an exit anytime real soon, but there's probably absolutely zero downside and perhaps some potential upside in still seeking evaluation, getting a handle on where we are so that so that if we do need to do some things to tweak some things to get the valuation up in coming years, we can we can start working on it now, right? Yeah. So often a business owner will come to me, they'll be at their age to retire, ready to move on, and they'll say, Ah, I'm just done, I'm done. I want to be out of this. I, I want to sell this yesterday. And that puts us in a in a, a difficult position because we need to um, list the business and we don't, we don't want to sound desperate. Um, and so <laughs> by starting early, right. Uh, an ounce of prevent, prevention kind of deal. Um, and, and just in starting those conversations, um, I can, I can do some light consulting and, and just help buyers adjust their, their business for, for sale. Um, sometimes things that we do as business owners, and I, I also, I own a small business as well. Uh, things we do to help us in the moment, to help us that year with taxes, maybe, uh, isn't always the best for building value. And so if we can get in a few years ahead, ahead of time and we can work with the owners to, uh, to structure their business in a way that is best for the impending sale, uh, then we can often uh, get out ahead of, of the curve and, and, uh, utilize our tools to the best of their abilities versus, being behind the eight ball and having to to scramble to find a, a buyer in a short amount of time. So now that you've been at this almost a, a decade, what what's the most rewarding, man? What's the most fun about this kind of work for you? Stone, don't get me wrong. I love doing big businesses. I love doing the kind of middle market uh, businesses that are pulling down a million plus dollars to the bottom line, not top line, to the bottom line a year. But honestly, for me, uh, having been a small business owner, uh, and I've I've owned a small business uh, for the last twenty plus years. Um, started when I was in high school, a pink ice cream truck that I ran around the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I, I love I love working with with small business owners with entrepreneurs. We're just wired a little differently. We're we're kind of crazy. We we think outside the box, and so working on a business. That someone has built over the years, um, that their you know, blood, sweat, and tears are are baked into it, and allowing them a successful transfer. Uh, that's that's the most rewarding part. So I I I don't have a very large minimum uh, business size because I I truly believe that small businesses and small business owners are what run this country and what make it great. And and I really uh, enjoy working with folks at that level as well. 
Okay, let's talk about me some. It's my show. <laughs> no, Absolutely. No, back to me and Lee, right? We've got this pretty successful media company. We've been at it a while. I, but I don't think that I really know, and I'm pretty sure Lee doesn't either, how to go go find the right business broker for us. I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know what to, what to look for. Share some insight, if you would, on, on helping us choose the right broker. There are a lot of brokers in this country. Um, some are great. Uh, some aren't so great, but it's hard to know um, what defines that broker ahead of time. So certainly those conversations and any kind of interview, um, just conversations you can have with a potential broker, someone that's going to be representing you, are, are really important. Uh, things to look out for, positives and, and um, negatives. Um, credentials, someone that has letters after their name. Uh, um, that can go a long way into establishing that trust um, and that credibility. So things like MBA, obviously, if someone has a degree in business, uh, they they uh, may have some experience they lean on for their business brokerage practice. Um, there are other um, certifications that folks can receive in the business brokerage world. And so looking for those letters and asking brokers about it. Most of us don't mind talking about ourselves and, and about the letters after our names. So that's, that's usually not an issue. Um, I, I'm part of a, a network, a Murphy business. We're all over the country into Canada. Um, and for me, that is paramount to delivering the best service to my clients. Um, Murphy business has 200 and some brokers and we can lean on each other uh, and that experience to really um, help us push deals uh, over the finish line. Uh, if there's an industry, a particular sector that I haven't worked in, I can reach out to my network, a very collaborative group of, of folks and ask, hey, has anyone ever done a business like this of this size or this type or with these sort of issues? Um, it really allows us to, to leverage the, the group um, so that we can make sure that we're hitting as many people as possible when we're doing the marketing. Uh, as an as a sole practitioner, I would never be able to afford all the subscriptions that we have collectively to promote businesses and to to really get the word out there. Um, finally, you know, I think after experience and and connections, um, you want to find a, a broker that is is someone that you can work with so that, that you have, have comfort with and that you can collaborate with, uh, but also that is willing to collaborate with, with others. Um, we just have so much more success when we work with other folks, whether it's our firm or, or an outside firm, because um, you know we don't know everybody. And, and finding those buyers is often the most difficult part of the, of the equation. And so being able to collaborate and using our network on a personal, professional, and then um, from a firm level uh, are really, really ways that you can ensure you're getting the best service possible. So there's the marketing of the business that, that you're helping someone sell, but then there's also the sales and marketing of your own services. How does that work? How do you get the new clients? Yeah, it, 
it really, uh, you, you hit it on the head. It's, it's selling ourselves to, to find new clients and then, uh, selling often the valuation to the, to the seller to say, Hey, here's what the business is worth and here's why. And then we go out and find, find the buyers. So it's, it's a three, three sale process. Um, for us, you know, we, uh, use tried and true methods. Uh, I just sent out 500 letters earlier this month. And it's funny because business owners will will receive that letter. They'll get it in the mailbox. They won't be ready to sell today. Uh, it's really it's a timing issue, you know. And you got to find someone when they're in the in the right frame of mind and, and ready to do it. But they'll file that letter away and they'll call me in a year or or even more and they'll say, "Hey, I got your letter. I don't know, it wasn't too long ago." And they'll look and it was from 2018, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> and and it's it's those kind of things that business owners they hold on to that and they they call us back. They and they eventually. Um, come around. Uh, but we couple that with um, some other strategies using uh, social media, um, email lists, those kind of things. And, and after so many years in the business, you, you develop a network and you develop um, a reputation that people um, know that they can go to you for, for the best service. Uh, the other, the only other um, substantial um, source for for my new sellers are actually repeat customers something that i never thought would exist when i first started started in this industry but folks that i have sold a business to and now they're looking to sell that and move on to something else uh, folks who have sold their business and they've lived the retirement life for a few years and now they're uh, they're kind of itching to do something else get into a different field or or develop a hobby or passion into something more um, and so those repeat customers um, are kind of what keep me in the business here. I, after a certain amount of time, uh, I spend more of my more of my my waking hours, my my business hours, uh, working with those uh, those folks than having to prospect new leads, which is always nice. So talk to me a little bit about deal structure because. You can get pretty creative with the way that you transition out of a business, the way you transition into a business. You've probably seen a lot and crafted a lot of different kinds of deal structures, haven't you? There's a, a thousand ways to skin the cat. Um, there's obviously the, the purchase price. That's certainly very, very important, the purchase price. But there's also the terms that go along with that. Uh, we can adjust the down payment. We can adjust how much the seller is going to carry as a as a loan to the new buyer. Um, we can adjust uh, what we call management contracts. If we want the seller to stay on for more than the, the traditional uh, month or so that that comes with the transaction transition uh, for for a smooth uh, handover, uh, but they may want to keep the owner on for for a year, or maybe more, um, especially if it's trade related or uh, if the the business is tied uh, strongly to that person, individual. So we can adjust that. Um, there are ways kind of to mitigate taxes for the uh, seller. And so we might see a lower purchase price. But because of the way the deal is structured, uh, there could be less taxes. And so ultimately, that seller is walking away with more money. Uh, in their pocket. At the end of the day, a a broker who has done a few deals and and understands um, some of these nuances will be able to point 
the, the seller, the buyer, even both sides of the, of the transaction in the right direction in terms of a, a bank or a lending partner to use in terms of a tax, tax strategy, uh, in terms of, uh, deal structure just to make, make things work. Um, it's, it's often, uh, the creative out of the box thinking, uh, that will help us get the most deals done. All right. Before we wrap, let's leave, if we could, let's leave our listeners with a couple of actionable pro tips, maybe on both sides of the equation, buyers and sellers alike, some things to be thinking about reading, doing, not doing so that they can, they can begin to take some action and learn more about this topic. So research goes a long way and, and researching business brokers in your area, um, reaching out to uh, other business owners that you know to find out who they've used um, is a good way to start. Uh, but I think it kind of comes back to how we started our conversation, Stone. It, it really begins with that valuation piece. And I should mention that a, a business valuation, a market valuation is different, sometimes very different from a valuation used for uh, internal accounting or from uh, an insurance valuation. Uh, in terms of how we how we treat tangible assets, etc., and so um, having a business broker produce a market valuation uh, is really the the key that someone's looking for. And and there are certain rules that we use when we when we create these these appraisals. And so if someone comes in and tells you, well, I can look at your business and, and tell you exactly what it's worth. It's you know just take this number and and add add your your assets to it. That might get you in the ballpark, but being able to have a method of valuation that then can be explained to a potential buyer uh, is going to be the most important piece to beginning that that journey on business transaction. All right, man. What is the best way for our listeners to connect with you, maybe have a conversation with you or somebody on your team? And continue this conversation and maybe tap into to some some additional work on this topic. You know, email and phone, text or call are, are obviously the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, you know, my email is pretty simple. It's uh, my first the first letter of my first name, J dot Grody, G-R-O-D-E at Murphybusiness.com. Otherwise, uh, if you search search for me, search for business broker, I'll come up in Google. Uh, I've I've worked hard to to make sure that I I rank on on those pages, and then you know just a phone call, shoot me a text, six zero five nine five one nine five five five. Try to keep it real simple. Find me on LinkedIn. Find me on Facebook. I I try to try to be accessible, and so um, I'd love to have those initial conversations, and I'm happy to provide any insight and knowledge that I can, even if someone just just wants that that first first phone call. Not a problem. Well, Josh, it has been a real pleasure having you on the program. Informative, inspiring, and uh, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your insight and your perspective and the work that you and your team are doing. It's, a, it's just, it's so important, I personally think, to the fabric of this country and what, one of the things that makes this country so great, this whole notion of capitalism and entrepreneurship. Keep up the good work, man. Stone, thanks for having me. This has been a, a pleasure talking to you and sharing one of my passions. Uh, I appreciate what you do and helping helping get the word out, 
out about uh, best business practices for all of your listeners. Well, it is my pleasure, man. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Josh Grody Walters with Murphy Business Sales and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you again on Buy a Business Near Me.